Chapter 13 of The Yellow Sheet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Yellow Sheet. The LibriVox NaNoWriMo Project 2007. Chapter 13. Written and recorded by Smokey B. M1020.B7706 It seemed certainly to be a call number of some sort, but Liz was unsure how such things worked. Would it be the same book in every library, or did that change according to inventory? Surely she would soon seek and see but it mattered less than the book she held already. It was not large, with perhaps an inch's width of thick gilt-edged pages, bound in a sparkling red leather. Inside, each word was carefully printed, by hand, in a script which caused Liz a burst of ebullient sorrow. One might ghostly compare it to the burst of a boil. The pain was intense, but tinged with a relief, and with a hope that the hurt would soon heal. She knew that graceful, sinuous script, which bespoke the strength of its author, bespoke a depth and patience learned of failure and pain, and mad, ravening joy, and eventual peace. Was it, Liz wondered, the hand of the man now passed on behind her? If so, the book must be nearly as old as Liz herself, for decades had passed since... His frail fingers might have worked such wonders. Inside, once again, was the title, atop a charming sketch of its namesake, and beneath that, the words, For Your Birthday. Tears sprang to her eyes as she read this inscription, and she thrust her arms out so they'd not splash the book. She knew this book. It had been very dear to her. A wrenching sob of sorrow and ecstasy welled up within her, and with it a flood of relief. This book was a corner piece in her puzzle. Turning the title page, she beheld two even columns of verse upon page two, and knew that the whole of the book was thusly emblazoned. Upon it she read these words. Aeons ago, in the land of Hokkaido, which was pestered by crime as fleas pester Fido, a perfectly dreadful beginning, Liz thought happily to herself, a great joy looming inside her. The king loosed his tongue in a raging invective, dismayed that his lawmen were so ineffective. Oh, curse all these brigands, they suck the state's blood, and chew up our monies as cows chew up cud. These outlaws and robbers, they pillage at will, fat purses and coffers they easily fill. The best of my warriors must stay at the war to keep the troll demons away from our door. And those that remain are callow or bumbling, and into confusion always they are stumbling. And though the blue tulip, that strange vigilante, does all that he can, a single man can't be, in two spots at once and much less in twenty, though he have muscles and sword skills aplenty, or fifty, or sixty, or eight hundred and two, and that is exactly what he'd have to do to stop all the footpads and robbers and vice bedeviling this nation which once was so nice. Enraptured, Liz slowly backed up, reading all the while, 
and sat upon the bed, a morbid thing to do, perhaps, given the man expired upon it, but Liz was enthralled. She had read this book many times before. And having said so, he shook his head sadly. The pain of his reign had worn on him badly. Now strode he away, his spirit nigh broken, not knowing the hero of whom he had spoken, was in the next room well honing her blade, and well scrutinizing the plans she had made, to comfort her father and ease his great grief, to scatter the villains by slaying their chief. Widely he was known, but strongly protected, for he seized a keep that long lay neglected, high up in the mountains that scraped at the sky, wherein those who ventured were surely to die, for ravenous ogres and venomous worms had with the banditti reached amiable terms. They tore up and trampled and off-masticated all those in the peaks who snooped and invaded. The king kenned not at all that his youngest daughter would soon risk a grim and terrible slaughter. He knew not a bit that so long ago, when off she had set midst a light lovely snow, to learn at her school in the sapphire city, to learn to be wholesome and quiet and pretty, she snuck promptly off to the district of Ginza and forsook these duties to train as a ninja. Liz pressed the book shut, weeping freely in a torrent of feeling. She knew this story knew the message of hope and persistence underlying its joyous, nonsensical words, knew its tale of doing good and beating the odds by heeding your heart. She knew, too, that it had been meant to provide example and instruction to a young girl in a time and culture where girls lacked such guidance, where they were taught to be smart and dependable, and to measure themselves by the success of their man. She knew she had had a part in its making. Was it written for her? About her? By her? She did not remember that. She would have to keep reading. She could not wait to keep reading. Yet a dead man lay beside her and things must be done. And then came a knock at the door. End of chapter 13